What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hello and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, your go-to source for all things movies. I am your host, Movie Mike, and I have my wife, Kelsey, on the podcast today. Hello, Kelsey. Hello. And today we're doing our Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies, four movies that if we can only watch these around the holidays, these are the ones we would pick. Also get into a spoiler-free review of Being the Ricardos, and in the trailer park, we'll talk about the new Sonic the Hedgehog sequel and the new Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse coming out soon. Thanks for being subscribed to the podcast, for listening every single week. Without any further ado, let's get started. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. All right, so we're about to get into our Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. And if you are new to the podcast and maybe haven't heard my wife, Kelsey, on the podcast before, you've been on this as my girlfriend, as my fiance, and now my wife. So It's been a while since I was on. And it's been a while. But I wanted you to come on to the Christmas episode, one, because you are a much bigger fan of Christmas than I am. Yeah, it's like you married Buddy the Elf. Yes, and... I think you also have a whole different perspective on Christmas movies because for me, they're not my favorite, but I have some that I, I love to watch every single year. So we're each going to give our four movies that if we could only watch these around the holidays, these are the movies we would pick our Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. And we'll start with our Abraham Lincoln slot. Who are you putting on your fourth slot on your Mount Rushmore? The Holiday. Why that movie? It's a classic just good rom-com, great cast, Jude Law, Jack Black, Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz. Just a good story. I watched that one with you for the first time. You fell asleep. I did fall asleep. And that's the thing about me with Christmas movies is I feel like at the core of them, they still have to be good movies. And I know we get into wanting to watch the same things every single year and our favorites. And that one, I don't know. I guess it's more of like a rom-com Christmas movie, right? Yes. 
And I guess for me, I don't really like rom-coms. I'm not the biggest fan on just all-out Christmas movies. So that one was tough for me, but I watched it because you love it. When did you decide that was one of your favorite Christmas movies? When it came out. Really? Yeah, it has great rewatchability. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't put that anywhere towards my top. You don't like rom-coms in general, though. Yeah, but the story in that one, eh. How would you know the story you fell asleep? I remember most of it. No, you don't. Okay. On my Abraham Lincoln slot, I'm going to put a Christmas story. And I think that one, whenever I put this out online of like people having to make the decision to cut like one of the biggest four Christmas movies, this is the one people like the least. Yeah, I cut it because I've still never seen it. Okay. <laughs> and I'm almost 28. And that's crazy to me because this movie comes on TBS all day on Christmas Day. My mom loves it. We've just never watched it. And I think... That's what it is for me when it comes to Christmas movies is one that this is like the Forrest Gump of Christmas movies to me is that you can watch it basically at any point. I think even before I watched it in its entirety, I had seen it in pieces for so many years and it just has a lot of great quotes. I think it's a very iconic, just not just a Christmas movie, but just in general, like of movies that people can quote out of anything they've ever seen. This one has a lot and I can see why some people would maybe think it's long and boring because it is kind of it's pretty old school you're really hyping it up but it's a classic and that's what i think about when i think about great christmas movies and movies that the entire family can watch and movies that we've had with us for so long you go that, to long and boring that are still good <laughs> yes i don't think it's boring to me but i can see why somebody else would watch this and be like eh, it's not my favorite i think it's funny I think it has a great message and it just has that Christmas feeling to me. So on my number four slot, I'll put a Christmas story. Moving on now to our number three slot in our Theodore Roosevelt. What would you put there? I'm really conflicted between my number two and my number three, but I think for number three, I'm going to put four Christmases. And that is another one you made me watch and I ended up liking. It's so funny. It is funny. And I think that's what you need in a Christmas movie that... If it's a good comedy, I think that's a good a good pick. There's so many good quotable lines. Yeah. A lot that we probably can't say. <laughs> Is it, that's a rated R one, right? I don't think it's rated R. Let me see. I think it's PG-13. I don't feel like any of the quotes that... There's one quote that I say. Oh, yeah, PG-13. That's not bad, but it's just not the most family-friendly. What do you think about the cast on that? Excellent. Yeah. It's got Tim McGraw. Yeah, a very unrecognizable Tim McGraw. I think that's the movie he says he can't watch because he doesn't like the way he looks in it. But yeah, I I enjoyed that movie. I mean, you've got Reese Witherspoon, Vince Vaughn, Tim McGraw, Mary Steenburgen, Kristen Chenoweth. A lot of people in it. A lot of people in it. That's a good one. That's one I will rewatch with you this this Christmas. Great. We'll watch it this week. All right. On my Theodore Roosevelt slot, my third slot here, I'm going also with the comedy and I'm going with Bad Santa, a movie that I made you watch. And why I love this movie is because I have to watch it every year. Like, it's not Christmas to me unless I watch Bad Santa. And I love- That sentence alone. (laughs) It's not Christmas unless I watch Bad Santa. Now, this is a rated R Christmas movie. But outside of what makes the movie rated R, I think there's a great message here. It's about Billy Bob Thornton's character who plays a mall Santa, this disgruntled dude. And the only reason he does it is so he can rob the stores after he's done with that that shift there at, that, at being that Christmas Santa. But 
you take him being this bitter old dude, only caring about him, caring about himself and kind of learning what it is to like care for somebody else in terms of the kid in this movie. And I think it has a great message at the end of it. And it's funny. What's the line you quote about sandwiches? Oh, the kid in the movie loves sandwiches. You want me to make you some sandwiches? Him and his, uh, his grandma who takes care of him. They love sandwiches. You said that to me one time and I was like, sure. And you're like, no, it's a quote. <laughs> it's a quote from Bad Santa. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I still want a sandwich. I quote the movie a lot. I mean, you have two actors who have passed away who are in it, Bernie Mac. I loved and, Bernie And John Mac. Ritter. And I, also I loved John Ritter. I think two of the their best movie roles I've ever watched in, for them. So there's a lot of reasons I love this movie. And when it comes to Christmas movies, I want something that'll make me laugh. And outside of the Christmas theme, it's just a good movie. So my number three slot, I'm going with Bad Santa. Up next, the Thomas Jefferson slot in our second slot of our Mount Rushmore Christmas movies. What are you going with, Kelsey? It's going to go with, bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. With Elf, a new modern classic. And this is... I, like, I think of you so much when I think of Elf now. Like, I liked the movie before, but I think... That's the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> but I think it was you and how you would go watch this movie every single year at the Alamo Draft House in Austin, the quote-alongs, which is... I, I just associate it with you now. Yeah, when we moved me from Austin to Nashville and we cleaned out, like, my apartment and my car, I had, like, 10 Santa hats that they give you at the Elf quote-along. So fun. Yeah, this is a this is a good one. This one didn't make my list. That's fine, it made mine. But I think it was very close for me. Probably be I think why it didn't make my list. It is newer. I also feel like this is one that it's not really Christmas until you watch it, like for you. Absolutely. Like my family loves Elf. We will watch it several times. My mom has already, I don't know if I've told you this, but um on Christmas morning, you and I and my brothers will be rocking matching shirts with the narwhal on it that says the bye buddy oh, yeah. your dad quote. so there's matching elf t-shirts yeah i love this movie would have almost made my list but i can totally see why i would make yours love that pick on my second slot i'm gonna go with how the grinch stole christmas and i think it's probably of all the years we'd watch this in school and it just feels like Christmas to me, unlike any other Christmas movie, because of the world of Whoville that creates this Christmas vibe. And everything about this movie just feels warm. It feels like, I don't know, I guess because it's the Dr. Seuss story. It's just Jim Carrey as the Grinch is just so a character of its own that kind of transcends any other Christmas movie. That there's something about this movie that just feels different. It feels like a like the book come to life. And when it comes to just big Christmas movies, I don't think any other one has matched this. There's just so much production behind this one. There's so much in the wardrobe and the set design and the script, like everything about this movie is just so big. And it's at the core of it, just a really good Christmas movie and a good lesson. That's the first Christmas movie you and I ever watched together. Yeah, that too. I, re I remember that too, that, that feeling of watching it with you for the first time. I don't know. This movie just makes me feel good. And I, another one that I just have to see every single year and that we'll probably watch here soon. We've got a lot of Christmas, movies a lot of Christmas watch. movies to watch. We should probably wrap up this podcast to get to watching a Christmas movie. So let's get to our final picks. The George Washington, your number one pick in your Mount Rushmore Christmas movies. What do you got? You're going to roll your eyes at me. The Family Stone. And I, there are going to be so many people that probably despise me after hearing that okay. that's my first pick. 
but it is, and I'm not sorry for that. So like myself, I hadn't seen this movie before you. Maybe other people don't know exactly what this movie is. So if you had to describe it, what is the family stone about? Okay, so it's Sarah Jessica Parker is Dermot Mulroney's girlfriend, and she's going home to meet his family for Christmas. And it's his like dysfunctional family and all of their dynamics. And just, it's a good, like, I just love any Christmas movie where it's like a big family where all the siblings come home. Mm -hmm. It's just warm and happy and, but it's polarizing. And I've said this before because everyone hates Sarah Jessica Parker's character. Yeah. My favorite movie, my mom and I will watch it every year. It's just the best. Okay. Is it also a thing of just you and your mom, kind of the bond you have with her and watching this movie together that makes it special? Probably. Okay. I would say that's fair. But I feel like everyone has like same with you with watching the Grinch in school. Like everyone has memories with Christmas movies and that's what makes them special. I feel like more so than the movie itself. Like same thing with Elf. Yeah. I've seen it every year more than once for 18 years now. It's not that funny. But it's true. <laughs> bond and the memory with the movie and the season and the spirit of the season. And just looking at both of our lists, these are all movies that came out 15, almost 20 years ago on all these now. That makes me feel really old. <laughs> so it's also a thing of movies that have been with us for so long. I mean, no movie in the last 10 years has made our list. So I feel like Elf was probably the last classic, like modern day classic. And everything before then has been... 90s and 80s before that so i get that i can see why that would be your i know how special that movie is to you i don't think it'll ever be one of my favorites but if you want to watch it i will watch it with you and that's okay there we don't have to agree on everything like i will never love the simpsons but mm-hmm. i will watch it for you i will put an entire box of simpsons ornaments on our christmas tree uh, yes as much as it pains me which <laughs> Shout out to my mother. Thanks a lot for buying those. <laughs> it, in the beginning of our relationship, when my mom was like trying to win Mike's heart as like his future mother-in-law, she just went a little overboard on the Simpson stuff, which you love. And I'm and a you. little like, Ugh. I mean, we're sitting at this desk now with this Homer Simpsons hat that she got me. Oh my gosh. She was so excited <laughs> about that. And you have a Simpson stocking at our house. Oh yeah. That's what my mom got you. Here we go. So my final pick the George Washington slot, my number one Mount Rushmore Christmas movies is Home Alone. Yes. I think it's the quintessential Christmas movie. If anybody argues that it's not a Christmas movie, I think you're just arguing for the sake of arguing. I talked to the director, Chris Columbus, on this podcast. If you missed that interview, straight up asked asked him, is it a Christmas movie? He's like, yes. Like we made it out to be a Christmas movie. All the fine little details in the movie are all geared towards Christmas. And I think it's, Aside from that, it's just a good movie. So why you would see it on at different times of the year, it's because at its core, it's still a good movie. I just think it's the Christmas movie that I watch without even trying because it's either on TV or I just see it on Disney Plus, like pop up already that we're just going to watch it. So, and I also like out of all these movies, aside from Bad Santa, like (laughs) it's a family movie, but that's also funny. Like, it's not going to, like, make you LOL, like, laugh every single time now after seeing it so much. But I think at its core, it's a funny movie. Like, the slapstick humor, the dumb stuff in the movie, the little details in it still make me maybe not outwardly laugh out loud, but it's funny. So, I think it's the best Christmas movie ever made. And it's my number one. Bold statement. Ever made. just casually (laughs) into that review on. No, No, I just think it's the best, like... 
no other movie really compares to the level of this one of how long it's lasted, how much it made at the box office. It was like number one forever. And I think it's really unmatched. I don't think there's another movie that comes close to that when it comes to Christmas movies because it's, it's better than just a Christmas movie. It's just a great movie. So number one pick, I'm going with Home Alone. Do you have an honorable mention? Serendipity. Okay, that's a good one. That's one I wasn't expecting to like. It is a rom-com, but I think there's another level of that to where it's just a good movie outside of it being a Christmas movie. I made you watch a lot. I think we watched every Christmas movie under the sun last year. We watched year. so many Christmas but movies. But a lot that you'd never seen. There was yeah. that one, Nothing Like the Holidays. I really like. That's the one with Alfred Molina, right? Right, and John Leguizamo and Deborah Massing. Yeah, I really like that one. Never seen it before. Great, we'll add it to the list. Okay. <laughs> I think my honorable mention, it's not a straight up Christmas movie that you could probably find anywhere. And I don't know why it was so important to my family, but Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, basically just a Christmas special for Sesame Street. But we watch it every single year while we unwrap presents. And it's a great movie. I think even one year we were able to find like a DVD version of it on eBay. And we watched that thing every single year because you couldn't really watch it on TV anymore. So that's all. I think you can watch it on YouTube now if you just search it up. But that is like my other favorite one that's not really your average Christmas movie. And if you haven't seen, and if you have kids who love Sesame Street or just looking for something completely different to watch, the songs in that are so good. And also just the story about it is so good. So that's my honorable mention. I feel like that's something we had in common too was our love of like Sesame Street. Our future children will watch Sesame Street. They will, that's all they will be allowed to watch. Yes, that's it. <laughs> But anyway, those are our picks for our Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. If you have one you would want to add or you want to share yours, just hit me up on Twitter at Mike Distro with your picks. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. All right, let's get into a spoiler-free movie review now. I want to talk about Being the Ricardos, which is out in select theaters now. It'll be out on Amazon starting on December 21st. A movie I was excited to see this month, the biopic for Lucille Ball, all about her marriage with Desi Arnaz, the show I Love Lucy. It stars Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball. And the whole movie is basically about one crazy week inside their lives and a look into the show. Before I get into what I thought about the movie and whether or not you should check it out, here's just a little bit of Being the Ricardos. I need you to help me save my marriage. How many times I gotta explain where I was and where I was? You gotta explain. Are you being funny right now? I'm Lucille Ball. When I'm being funny, you'll know. This is getting out of hand. Madness. Have you been cheating on me? But the story's made up. If they boo me? If they boo you, we're done. Sorry, I got lost for a second. So what the movie is about, it's a biopic, but done a little bit different than I was expecting. I thought it was just going to be like the beginning and ending of Lucille Ball's life. But the entire movie is focused on one hectic week in her life and the show I Love Lucy in a storyline I hadn't heard about her. Now, I grew up watching I Love Lucy, which is weird because it was way before my time. But I just remember it was still heavily in syndication and when all you really have is antenna TV growing up, you find anything you can watch to entertain yourself. And I just remember there'd always be a block of I Love Lucy on all the time. I've seen all the episodes from all the classic ones that were referenced in this movie to even the later years when the plot completely changed. But I just had a fascination with show business in the 50s and, you know, shows being made in those days in a comedy like this is really one of the biggest comedy shows on television ever and in the movie they talk more about like how big of an impact it had on the entire country how at one point for one episode of i love lucy was watched by 44 million people that is unheard of numbers now you couldn't do that ever again but it kind of just puts into perspective how famous she was and how big the show was and that's what this movie kind of was able to capture and I was really interested to see this movie because I love a biopic. I love a movie based in the 50s and there was a lot I learned by watching this movie. So it covers all about how Lucille Ball met Desi Garnez, all the drama, you know, behind making the show, their marriage struggles, which is a pretty big forefront of the movie and what I loved from the very beginning of this movie was Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball. I think she is such a great actress, and it's been a while since I've really seen her in a movie that I really enjoyed. She's done some really great limited series and TV shows, but when it came to her movie roles, this is one of my favorite movie roles from her that I've seen in a very long time, to the point to where I thought she was perfectly cast for Lucille Ball. I know some other people wanted a different actress to play Lucille Ball. They thought, you know, they made a mistake with Nicole Kidman, but I think she got it right. And I think it was more so than just the look of looking like Lucy. I think a lot of it was her being able to capture, one, her on screen whenever they are filming the show, able to capture the cadence of her voice, able to capture her comedic kind of timing, 
and her comedic performance. Like I thought she did a really great job at that. But aside from that, I felt like I was watching like Lucille Ball. Like it, while I was watching this movie, I was completely taken out of that I was watching Nicole Kidman play Lucille Ball. And I felt like she was really able to bring her to life. I also loved Javier Bardem as Desi Arnaz. J.K. Simmons as the actor who plays Fred and Nina Arianda, who was cast to play Ethel in this. I thought she looked identical to Ethel. So I thought the casting was completely there. I even went back to look up the other people in the movie and I thought everybody looked exactly how they did in real life. So that to me was great. And I think what I loved the most about this movie was how they focused on how much Lucille Ball was so dedicated to being an actress, so dedicated to being a comedic performer. And the scenes that they do inside of the writing room in this movie were, I think, my favorite part of the entire movie because it kind of shows how much little detail she went into making sure every joke worked to make sure like the audience was going to believe this. And you watch a show like I Love Lucy and you think like, oh, that show just gets made. Like, you know, it's just a bunch of writers sitting in a room. But a lot of it was due to her like not taking for granted how big of a star she was and knowing that that could be taken away from her from how she kind of had to come up being an actress. You know, it shows her struggles with that of not being able to get the role she wanted, not being able to even make it to TV and how she just kind of went in there. And once she was offered this kind of made her demands and really just owned the entire thing. Aside from that, it wasn't completely focused on how like the show was created. I think it was more so just focused on them as people and the struggles they were going through in this one particular week of their life. And I know it doesn't feel like a spoiler to exactly say what the struggles were, but me going into this, I had never heard of it. And I was a little bit more like surprised by it and learning through watching the movie. So I will don't want to say exactly what happens and the struggles with. So I know it shows a little bit in the trailer, but I don't want to get a whole lot into that because I think if you go into watching it not knowing and you'll learn as you watch the movie. For me, I felt like I got a better experience doing that. So just know that what kind of goes down in the movie is probably not what you're expecting unless you know a lot about Lucille Ball's life. What I will comment on and what they do kind of show more in that trailer is kind of the struggles they had in their marriage, which really kind of come to a forefront in this movie of, you know, their relationship and from how they met to, you know, them both being in show business, both wanting to be stars and just having a lot of marital issues. That was really interesting to me because you just think of them from the TV show and you think of that all just kind of playing out and being, you know, them being the perfect couple. But to know how much she was going through and how much the show really had a toll on her and not only what the show I Love Lucy meant to her career but also to her marriage like there's a scene in this movie that really hits you on an emotional level knowing that from her I would say the only things that took me a little bit out of the experience of this movie was I felt like there was a little bit of inaccuracies when it came to portraying the 1950s and maybe I was being a little nitpicky, but like some of the phrases they use, some of just the overall like action and dialogue, I didn't feel like I was watching a movie that it was made in the 1950s, which I know it wasn't, but I felt like when you make a biopic like this, you kind of have to encapsulate the time period that it's happening in. And I was thinking of why maybe I didn't feel this way. And another movie came to mind was I Walked the Line. And I think just... When I watch other movies that kind of portray people and that, those times that they're living in, I just didn't feel like this movie completely captured that time period, like from the 
wardrobe and the, some of the set design and some of the stylistic choices in this movie, I still felt like a little bit I was watching like a play and like almost taking place in modern day. And I kind of wanted it to feel more like it was that part of it. Like while all the characters were right and all the casting was right, I still felt like some of the direction in this didn't really make me fully engulf what it was like to be living in those times. And then the other thing was I felt it dragged a little bit there in probably the second act leading into the third act. And at about a two hour and 10 minute runtime, I felt I got a little bit of like, all right, let's get to uh, what's going to be the conclusion of this movie. I felt like they were trying to stretch a little bit of the story out. And if this movie just would have been like 20 minutes shorter, I think it would have been closer to perfect. I did like all the references to the original TV show and Throughout this movie, they're working on one episode specifically and some of the scenes cut from them acting them out to them being shown in black and white, like how they would appear on TV. I thought that part was really cool. In the movie, they're in season two of I Love Lucy and it's already been an unexpected hit. So you're kind of able to see it at the height of that. So if I had to rate it, I would give Being the Ricardos a strong four out of five studio audiences. I'm glad I went to see this one in theaters. I am back in the country now. So I think for me, I did get a little bit more of just getting the movie experience out of this and seeing it on the big screen. But the beauty about this one, if you don't want that, it'll be on Amazon and free to stream on December 21st. So that is what I think about being the Ricardos. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. All right, time now for the part of the podcast where I break down some new movie trailers, movies coming to you soon in theaters or on streaming soon in a segment that we call It's Time to Head Down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. All right, first up in the trailer park, I don't know why I want this franchise to succeed. The first one, when it came out in 2020, was like the only new movie in theaters for a while and there was a joke of like it being the running contender for best picture that year. But I think it's maybe because I love this video game as a kid and it wasn't a bad movie. Yes, yeah, not the best movie I'd ever seen, but at the time I just really enjoyed it. And it was Sonic the Hedgehog when it came out in 2020. And now they have announced Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is coming out and they dropped the trailer. So let's take a listen. I'm sorry, who are you? Name's Tails. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Step one, light taunting. Step two, I have no idea. Face it, you're never going to get my power. Do I look like I need your power? Where are my manners? Sonic, meet Knuckles. So Sonic 2 comes out on April 8th, 2022. And why I'm excited for this movie. One, because it's a... A pretty good adaptation of a video game movie, which are hard to do. And I felt like when I watched the first one, it kind of did a little bit more than I was expecting. But I think when it came to how it adapted the video game and kind of what we wanted to see, we wanted to see the things we remember playing as a kid come to life. And I think they did a pretty good job of balancing that, but also making it a decent movie with the plot bringing to life all the characters and Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, I thought was, I mean, it just quietly has Jim Carrey in a movie like this that I think kind of gets overlooked. And now in this one, they're introducing some new characters. You have Tails and then you have Knuckles, who is voiced by Idris Elba. So will it be the most captivating thing that I'm looking forward to watching in 2022? Probably not. Is it going to be geared more towards kids? Yes, probably. But they also know that adults like me who played the video game as a kid are also going to watch this movie. So they're making it still with that in mind. Again, that is Sonic the Hedgehog 2 coming out on April 8th, 2022. I will be checking that one out. Next up in the trailer park was a big announcement that came out. I was going to include it on last week's episode, but I decided to wait as we get closer and closer to Spider-Man No Way Home. And they dropped the trailer for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, which in turn also announced that there's going to be a Part 1 and a Part 2 to this movie. It's coming out on October 7th, 2022. Now, it's a bit of a different trailer. They basically just showed a scene from the movie. So here is just a little bit of that. You got a minute? Oh! Look! Gwen, how did, how did she... How, how did you get... How have you been? Uh, it's a long story. Is this the room you grew up in? Uh, it, it is. But uh, my, my dorm room is very adult. Right. No, of course. 
So for me, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was probably my favorite Spider-Man movie ever made. And I have different reasons why, which I'm going to get into more next week when I break down and re-rank every single Spider-Man movie, which I actually just finished Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and I am done re-watching all the movies. So that'll be next week's episode along with a review of No Way Home. But I am really excited for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It looks like it's a completely different movie. They're bringing in a whole new set of Spider-Man characters, but also keeping Miles Morales. And there you heard Gwen Stacy. You also have Peter B. Parker, voiced by Jake Johnson. There's not a whole lot of the plot out there yet. Basically just Miles again teaming up with Gwen Stacy. Some new Spider-Man characters. And then a new villain, which you do also see a fight scene in that trailer. So I think what I'm most excited about after seeing that trailer is it looks like somehow the animation is getting just a level better, which I thought even after rewatching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, like how could you really make that animation even better? And I think that's what I'm most excited to see. And it also looks like it's taking place in an entirely different kind of world again. As if the first one will have almost nothing to do with these next two chapters. Which I think that will help keep this franchise completely fresh. And going back to why this is my personal favorite Spider-Man is because there was really no rules in Into the Spider-Verse. It had a feeling of like if every Spider-Man fan was able to make a movie they wanted to with no rules. And it would work. I think that's why it was beloved by so many people, why it was so critically acclaimed. Pair that with the storyline and the visual aspects. I think this is why it's become such a favorite among Spider-Man fans, and we're all kind of excited to see how they continue that, hopefully keep that same integrity, and are able to make it new, fun, and exciting for new people getting on board. So there you go. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Again, next week, I'll be breaking down and ranking every single Spider movie. I've put in about 17 and a half hours so far. And then after watching Spider-Man No Way Home on Friday, I think it's going to put it pretty close to 20 hours of Spider-Man in like the last two and a half weeks. So I'm excited for that episode. But before I hop out of here, got to give out my listener shout out of the week. How do you get one of these? Just tweet me at Mike Distro, tag me in your Instagram story if you're listening to the episode that week, whether it's a picture of your car dashboard or just a screenshot of your phone. I'll repost those, give you a shout out here. But this week I'm going over to Twitter and at the tweet from at Money, aka Mike Hopkins, tweeted me after listening to last week's episode and asked why all the James Cameron hate. Just curious on why you think Avatar is an overrated movie. And I got into that movie debate online. And the thing I love about every single person who listens to this podcast is we are able to get into movie debates online, which is like my favorite thing to do. And the thing about movie debates is no one is really right or wrong. And if you listen to this podcast, you're not going to agree with everything I say about movies with all my opinions. And you don't have to. That's not the point of this podcast. And I love it when you tweet me online or hit me up on my email, moviemikeD at gmail.com or just on Instagram. And we're able to get into these movie discussions. And when it comes to movies, it's all our opinions. So shout out Mike Hopkins. You also said you're a listener of the podcast and appreciate it. No one called each other any bad names. Can always have a nice civil movie debate on Twitter. And also before I hop out of here, if you don't mind and you listen on Apple Podcasts, 
go and leave the podcast a five-star rating and write a quick little review. I'm nearing up about two years of doing this podcast, and those reviews really make a big difference when it comes to growing a little bit more, and it takes like a minute to do, so if you don't mind doing that, would greatly appreciate it. And until next week, I will talk to you later. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.